This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Hey, I'm here to tell you, you don't need a college degree for a great job. With MedCert's online certification training, you're on your way to a job with good pay, benefits, and stability in the fastest-growing industry, healthcare. MedCert's is 100% online, self-guided learning that will have you job-ready with nationally recognized credentials in just four to six months. No multi-year programs with classes that dominate your daily schedule and leave you drowning in debt. MedCert's lets you set your learning schedule and makes it easy to learn with instructor-led videos, interactive simulations, and a dedicated success coach. Get on your way to earning more money, stability, benefits, and a career you can be proud of right now. And when you enroll today, MedCert's will give you a free Chromebook to get started at MedCert's.com easy. Join the over 25,000 MedCert's graduates who have been hired by employers across the country right now. Get started on your new career with a free Chromebook at MedCert's.com easy. Spelled M-E-D-C-E-R-T-S dot com slash easy. Hello, everyone. It's once again the Texas Gentleman Tanner Pruitt here presenting you with another episode of Radio Techers. On this week's episode, or rather, on today's episode, we will actually dive down into the four matches that were played on Saturday in the English Premier League, uh, starting with Liverpool versus Leeds, and then advancing on uh, to the other games, uh, Arsenal versus Fulham, uh, West Ham versus Newcastle, and Crystal Palace versus Southampton. All of which, very, very fun day, very, very fun time recording with Mags here. Um, so, yeah, uh, great stuff. Um, also, uh, to make note, uh, you can actually find a video version of this recording on YouTube uh, with our new network partners, Shooting the Sports-ish. Uh, so make sure to subscribe there. So that way you can get all of your radio techers and see me and Mags together uh, talking about some football, which is going to be a lot of fun. Um, With that being said, uh, we will have another episode uh, midweek on, uh, I believe, Wednesday or Thursday, uh, talking about the games from Sunday and Monday. Uh, So because the schedule is the way it is currently, we're going to have a lot of time to talk about all the games, which is going to be pretty nice. And, uh, yeah, we hope you enjoyed today's episode, for sure. Make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to podcasts, be it iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or anywhere else for that matter. Uh, In addition, follow us on Twitter at Radio Techers, R-A-D-I-O-T-E-K-K-E-R-S. Thank you again, and enjoy the show.
Alrighty, everybody, welcome back to yet another episode of Radio Techers. I am the Texas Gentleman, Tanner Pruitt, and here with me, my good friend and co-host, Mags. How are you doing this evening, Mags? I am doing really, really well. Uh, had a, a good few episodes of this now where we've delved into transfers, and now time to get into some nitty-gritty actual football. And yes. What what a start to a, to a season. We couldn't have had any better games than the than the main game of Liverpool versus Leeds. That was an absolute belter of a game. <laughs> I agree, absolutely. Uh, week one of the English Premier League is nearly in the books. Match day one, uh, we had four cracking games on Saturday. Uh, we're going to review Sunday and Monday's games uh, later on in the week, thanks to our good friends over at Shooting the Sports-ish. Uh, who uh, uh, they've uh, been so kind to uh, let us expand a little bit and uh, give you more match day coverage. Uh, we got that AW deal. We uh, <laughs> signed a deal, and then we've got the second show before the first show goes out. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's actually even better. It's actually even better than the AEW deal because we're we're on prime time. We're on YouTube. Uh, Correct. Correct. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm really excited. I hope you guys really like the new Radio Techers streaming layout. Uh, so um, if you're watching this, hopefully everything goes through smoothly um so yes all good things um by the way i do have this windscreen here in front of me if you can see that i will be planning on getting this replaced so you can actually see my mouth talk that would be cool um <laughs> get a wraparound one like i've got that's what i plan on doing man that's what i plan on doing i'm gonna get uh, get a nice little rubber band uh, or like a nice little uh, foam ball and uh, just wrap that thing up um, <laughs> but Mags, uh, like I said, crazy, crazy start, uh, to the, uh, English Premier League season. Um, what better place to start, uh, I guess, than, uh, Leeds versus Liverpool, uh, which was, um, a nail biter. It was an exciting game. It was, uh, full throttle from the very start. <laughs> yeah. If there was ever a game that deserved a, a packed crowd, it was this game. Oh, Leeds, yeah. uh, Leeds being in, in the in the top flight for the first time in so long, their opening match against bitter rivals of Liverpool. This this would have been um, it would have been a powder keg of a of a crowd. Uh, these two have historically had amazing matches. It was uh, last time Leeds were in the Premier Premier League. There was another four three result, but that went to to Leeds when uh, Mark Viduka absolutely ripped Liverpool uh, a new one. So yeah, mm -hmm. it was always going to be an exciting opening fixture. Uh, I just didn't think it would be this exciting. Yeah, no, in, indeed, indeed. I'm I'm currently actually looking at some stats here uh, for the game, and and I mean, look, <laughs> you can look at the stats all you want, but I mean, you really should just go watch this game if you can. Um, mm -hmm. I, if you are in uh, in the U.S., um, you know, first off, my apologies. Uh, <laughs> secondly, um, it, it, if you are in the U.S. and you want to be able to watch all the games and all the replays, I highly recommend checking out uh, uh, the Peacock, uh, Peacock Streaming Network. It's NBC's uh, streaming network, and it's going to eventually replace, I feel, uh, the gold memberships for NBC Sports. 
and they've got all the match replays commercial free if you pay 9.99 for it it's pretty amazing um but uh this one here is certainly worth your 10 bucks that you would pay uh for for this uh NBC Sports streaming man i i mean <laughs> mags what's it, your, i i guess what's your thoughts on the game cuz i'm i my mind's blown by this whole thing my thoughts were i thought this was going to be uh kind of a basketball score when we <laughs> when we were getting to the end of the first half and it was uh it was like 3 2 or 4 what is this this match going to What's it going to end? And and that that don't even really tell half the story because there was there was four other goals that were ruled that were were ruled off. So it mm-hmm. could have easily been six five. It was an absolutely <laughs> outstanding game defensively. Piss poor, absolutely piss poor. Mm. But if you were a fan of just if you were a neutral in this and you had no dog in this part, this was the banging way to start your your football season. No, I I, I absolutely agree. Um, and and I I'm not a neutral. Um, I was I was sweating uh, all the way through the game. Um, and uh, right before the death, uh, uh, you know, when I saw the final score, I was. As relieved as I've ever been on an opening day, I, I can tell you that. Um, where, where did things, I guess, <laughs> run me through how this game was so defensively poor, Mags? Because I think that's what, it, offensively, it was super exciting. But uh, obviously, there was no defensive discipline at all from neither team, it seems. No, I think Leeds' issue was uh, was that they had two relatively new uh, centre backs with Robin Cock and uh, and Struick. Uh, they clearly haven't got that kind of a sixth sense that that you need with uh, with your central defenders. Uh, Liverpool's problems, I think, was was a little more um, more nuanced than that. I think since the 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 kind of halfway clause of last season, and then the 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 kind of push to finish the season, I think Liverpool struggled in that kind of period. Um, they were before the before the the kind of pandemic uh, clause. There was a very Liverpool were a very structured defence. There was not many times you saw them them not in a straight line, all working together. And, and in this game, they they were just dragged all over the place. No, there was no kind of cohesion between between the four. Um, Trent. Uh, whilst doing well going forward, he 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 struggled. Uh, he struggled on on that wing against Harrison. Uh, uh, Van Dijk seemed to be kind of nonchalant almost with his with his defending. Um, I was impressed with Robertson as always. I think he was a clack. Uh, but uh, the other three with Gomez, um, uh, Van Dijk, and and Trent. Whether it was a case of they didn't give. Leads enough uh, respect, uh, whether they didn't believe that the the kind of strategy of Bielsa would work, uh, but yeah, it, it was a, not a good showing from from Liverpool, uh, and if they struggled against a Leeds team who is who were expected to to struggle in the league, I would worry that the 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 better teams could possibly punish you a little bit more. Yeah, I, I would say that that's a, a pretty fair analysis for sure. I know that that Jurgen Klopp after the game he had said that, um, and, and I'm not quoting verbatim here, but uh, that some of the goals were a result of miscommunication between Van Dyke and Allison, 
which did mm-hmm. seem to be the case. However, yeah. uh, Van Dyke did cause a very clear error, which is um, uh, very, um, very rare for him, it seems, uh, particularly yeah, it, over the it, past two it, years. Yeah, it, it just, especially the the error that led to the, the Leeds goal, it felt like he just didn't put enough effort to clear that ball. It was almost like he was trying to, to pass it off to the side and just didn't make yeah. enough contact with it uh, and 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 left it uh, through for Bamford, which was Leeds were, were deadly when they had the ball uh, in, in front of the feet, which coming from the, the way that they played in the Championship the previous season, I would have thought that Liverpool would have expected uh, Leeds to come attacking. They play a very kind of... Very attack heavy, like fluid kind of football. The the they have no problem uh, hitting long floating uh, balls to the to the to the wing. Uh, they some of the players have great dribbling skills. It was a um, it was quite a shock to see Liverpool's defense take it so nonchalantly. Well, and 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 that's exactly what my first thought of when I saw the error live is. Van Dyke is trying to pass the ball out to Robertson, and yet he didn't have a gauge as to actually where Robertson was, which is very un, unbecoming of Van Dyke and very uh, uh, very uncharacteristic of of, of, of Virgil Van Dyke. Um, yeah. uh, so, I mean, I can understand mentally where he was in trying to pass out before he made that error, um, because. That's what Liverpool do. They 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 gather the ball in. They build from the back through the mm-hmm. from the center backs through to the fullbacks because the fullbacks are the playmakers for Liverpool. Um, you know, so he I'm sure he thought Robertson was a heck of a lot closer than he actually was, and he just he didn't put enough effort into like actually clearing the ball. It was like half his brain thought clear the ball, the other half thought pass the ball out to Robertson, and it just mm-hmm. didn't work. Um, so, I mean, besides the errors, obviously, I mean, um, Virgil van Dyke did make a very, very good header uh, on, on the first day. Very impressive. Uh, Mo Salah, however, is the hero of the match for Liverpool. He scored two important penalties as well as a ridiculous solo goal. Oh, uh, wow. That, <laughs> it, it was sublime. I mean, he was sublime. Um just the, the 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 first penalty was kind of worried that it hit it so down the middle mm-hmm. that, that if the keeper would have stayed there that he would have saved that but um yeah he, he he played well he was he was just untouchable um and i was speaking to um to a friend about the the match and we were talking about how he really stood out about the the liverpool front line and you don't even really need all three of the Liverpool attackers uh, firing on all cylinders because Bobby Firmino, for instance, had a, a very quiet game. Uh, he only had maybe one or two uh, real chances on, on target and the, the best one he, he shinned and, and was not able to, to really get the shot off. But you only need one of those three firing yep. and and you, you, you're a struggle for everybody. Um, I mean, even Manny... Had a relatively quiet game compared to his standards, but mm-hmm. Salah was just head. Sorry about that. We almost lost the recording there for a minute. Um, he 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 seems as though he's very much um, Mo Salah. 
is just a solo spectacular <laughs> kind of guy. Uh, yeah. He he does have those games where he can take it, uh, take take the game by the scruff of the neck, and and really make something happen. Um, and I think one of the great brilliant things about that Liverpool front three are um, basically they know how to run a game. If all three of them are on fire, then it's absolutely deadly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But they they do recognize. Um, it, I guess to use a basketball term, there's something called the hot hand, where you know somebody's you know the you know the you know just on fire as far as shooting, they can't miss. Uh, Mo Salah happened to have the hot hand yesterday, and it seemed as though the yeah. the team did what they could to, I guess, feed him as much as possible. Um, and, it, and it and it and it worked. Yes, it absolutely did. Um, it was it was certainly not a walk in the park for Liverpool. However, let's talk about Leeds. Leeds. Um, wow. Um, what a debut, what a premier league debut after so long. Um, they, I feel like they have now struck fear in the heart of any premier league team, uh, that, that plays right at, at the moment. I, I feel like they, um, they could take on anybody and put up a hell of a fight mags. What did you make of this Leeds yeah. team? It was, it was scary how 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 well they kind of adapted to Premier League football from the very first minute. Uh, we all we all know that Bielsa is a, a tactical genius. Uh, but the the worry was would those tactics kind of translate to the the much faster uh pace of the Premier League compared to the championship and it off 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 this result it seems like they they are going to they're going to be a struggle for everybody. Um, they were one of my favourites probably to go back down because they they, they haven't really, uh, outside Rodrigo, they haven't really spent on a lot of big names. Mm-hmm. But what, Biel, what Bielsa has done is, is, is plugged the gaps that he had from last season um, is with uh, with losing uh, Ben White back to Brighton. So he's picked up uh, Robin Cocker, uh, who's a German international. And he's also uh, he's paired in with with Struik. And whilst they struggled today, it won't take them long, I don't think, to kind of get that uh, that sixth sense, that mentality that that they need. And I think they're going to be a handful. Their their issue would be defensively: will they get demolished by by teams like Liverpool, like Arsenal, like Chelsea, who have got uh, scary front lines? But going forward, they were they were gl- they were glorious to watch. It was beautiful football. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that's that's something about uh, Bielsa's teams in general that are going to be uh, so tactically interesting to to watch as they progress through the year, um, mm-hmm. as well as you know if they make it through and 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 survive this year, uh, what they're going to look like going forward. Because um, based on what I've seen with Bielsa's team at um, uh, Athletic Club uh, Bilbao uh, back when he was in Spain. And even if you look at some of the, the other teams that he's set up for the the like um, like some of the national teams that he's coached for, um, one very consistent thing is that he doesn't he doesn't require stars. He doesn't require big money signings. No. B- big money signings uh, like Rodrigo came in and it's a it's a good signing, right? Um, but I, I I would say that. Uh, he 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 almost prefers uh, to have this uphill battle, this this you know uh, this strife, this this thing to 
this target to go against uh, for his teams uh, to, to build that sense of camaraderie. Um, I, I, I think that's very important for a Bielsa team. And um, he, they certainly do play uh, higher uh, than, than the sum of their parts. I, I, I feel that that's important. Yeah. It's very much a kind of like moneyball situation uh, mm-hmm. where where he doesn't like I said he doesn't go for for big stars and 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 big name players. He goes for what he needs tactically to to fit the 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 player that he wants to make, and it's it's absolutely worked for him. The, there's a reason why he's so revered as a tactical genius. Um, I mean, this is a guy who produces 30-page booklets on each uh, opponent that he has for his team, and and mm-hmm. he's even been known to go spying on uh, on the training grounds, which it, it's absolutely unheard of. Uh, but <laughs> it's tactically a genius move, and mm-hmm. if you can do to Liverpool the defending champions what Leeds did to them, I think not only are you going to be safe, I think you're going to be pushing for at least a top half finish. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, I mean, Bielsa teams punch far, far above their weight, and I think that's because mm-hmm. the tactics that he inputs into into the system here um, are are pretty brilliant. Um, before we move along, Mags, um, tactically speaking, uh, <laughs> again, there was no there there was a deep lack of defense here. It seems. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, and, and one man who is perhaps missing from both sides, really, is one Ben White. Uh, ben, ben White was on loan from, um, I believe it was West Brom? Brighton. Brighton, I'm sorry. Brighton. Um, and uh, he, he was on loan to Leeds from Brighton, and he had been pretty heavily linked with Liverpool this season. Uh, for a for a transfer, I think he'd been heavily linked to most top six teams. Yes, mm-hmm. he looks like a very promising prospect. I mean, do you? I mean, could you see maybe had Ben White stayed at Leeds or you know uh, had had gone to Liverpool? Uh, I mean, could he have made any impact one way or another, or, or do you think that the score would have been the same? I think. Uh, with the fact that if he stayed at Leeds, it would have meant that uh, Robin Cock wouldn't wouldn't have played, so that would have affected the the goals, the the score straight away because uh, Cock was instrumental in a couple of Leeds's errors, um, so it would have definitely affected him there. On um, if he had signed for Liverpool, I think he would have slotted in where Gomez is. And as much as I like Gomez, I think Ben White is a is hands down a better player in, in every facet of centre-back work. Um, so I think him and, and Darch, whilst they probably wouldn't have the kind of um, the, the the partnership that, that Darch has, could have, has built with Gomez, he would have certainly been a more solid defender. Uh, so, yeah, I think he, he would have been an effect on for both sides. Mm-hmm. I, I would I would definitely agree with that. And um, I... I, it's not that I have a dislike for Joe Gomez. In fact, I, I actually really, really like him. I think that he's a very good disruptor. I think he's very promising. Mm-hmm. I still think that he has a lot to learn, though, right? I think that that's, that's an important aspect yeah. of this. Um, that being said, um, one tactical mistake that Liverpool certainly made, I think, in the offset of things is that they they had Jordan Henderson in the, the sixth spot at the base of the midfield, 
um, just after coming fresh off of injury. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and he is definitely a workhorse. He's a very, very good player, but it's almost kind of like Liverpool putting Steven Gerrard at the sixth spot, like when they did a few years back. Um, yeah, yeah it, it seems as though Fabinho is a much better player to put at the base of the midfield because he can screen and cover for Joe Gomez. And I think Liverpool have a big problem ahead of themselves if they choose not to buy uh, a center back or invest money into a center back like Ben White uh, this year. Mm-hmm. I hope that that's a transfer that they can make. Yeah, and, and that kind of speaks to the the point I was making about maybe Liverpool kind of um, took lead for granted. The fact that they they, they played Henderson and, and, and catered through the middle, uh, two very um, attack-minded players, and they, they, they didn't bring on a defensive-minded player until well into the second half. Uh, yeah, it was a... It, it was a, it was definitely a tactical slip up by Klopp, which is a very very rare thing. But mm. they got away with it. They got the three points. Uh, they started the season off with an absolute bang. Um, there was a lot of positives. There really really was the fact that that uh, Salah is on fire, scoring the first hat trick in um, in an opening game for Liverpool since I think the late eighties. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just. It's, it, there's definitely uh, a lot that, that Klopp will be very impressed with. It's just that that defence was looked very, very shaky, looked very, very leaky. Maybe mm-hmm. bringing in someone like Ben White could shore it up. Um, I know that, um, that a lot of Liverpool fans were, were kind of glad to see the back of Lovren, but to be fair to him, it, with, with him and Van Dijk, they had a good partnership. Uh, and I just don't think that Gomez is the can't the right person to 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 lead that line with with Van Dijk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is an interesting suggestion here for for Matip to not have uh, started, uh, particularly mm-hmm. for that game. I think he may have added some defensive solidity, um, and and he's historically been a very good partner with Van Dijk, perhaps even his best uh, Van Dijk's best partner uh, at the base of the midfield. One could argue. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one other omission here, and uh, not omission, but one one other thing of note here, and then we'll we'll move along to uh, Liverpool and Fulham. Uh, an interesting start here Arsenal for Fulham. I'm sorry, Arsenal and Fulham. Thank you, Mags. <laughs> Liverpool I'm... doing double duty. <laughs> yes, they, they had two games. It was very crazy. Uh, explains the <laughs> explains the lead score really. No, um, <laughs> pretty much. Um, but uh, Genie Van Alden, uh started Ooh. here. And there, uh, we've been doing a lot of transfer talk recently. There is widely reported rumors of uh, Vinaldum being open to staying. He wants to sign the contract. Uh, yeah. Mags, do you see this as a problem for Liverpool, or, or I mean, because uh, you know it seems as though there was the talk of of uh, Thiago coming in, and now it doesn't seem that way. They Liverpool might wait until uh, winter time and try and sign him on a free. Uh, I mean, but Vinaldum, I mean. I, I'm personally a big fan, but what do you think? Yeah, it's a, a very interesting kind of merry-go-round, this, this transfer. It's, it's one of the most protracted transfers of this window, for sure. Um, I think the issue is that, that Koeman at Barcelona wanted Vinaldo in, but the Barcelona um, management didn't want him in. And it's kind of almost like, even though Koeman's very fresh to that job, he's, he's facing a, a very much an uphill battle with uh, with the back uh, with the background uh, team to, to even be staying in the job past the season. Um, 
So it's it's looking now that that you're probably not going to be able to pick up uh, Tiago in this window because we we've spoke um, ad nauseum about how Liverpool are kind of struggling for funds. Mm. Uh, so if if you can't shift on Van Alden to to Barcelona, it, it's very likely that you don't get Alcantara in this window. The worry would be that there's other kind of sharks circling in that tank. Uh, I know that the Barcelona uh, board are also looking at Alcantara and maybe signing for for Barcelona, mm. which would be absolutely beautiful and delicious area. Uh, but there's also um, <laughs> Man United sniffing around uh, Alcantara. So it'll be interesting to see where... Uh, the next few weeks lie whether Liverpool bat the bullet and and sign him even though they've still got Vinaldum, um, or whether they just let him go and 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 stick with the Dutchman. It'll be interesting to to see. I think uh, Alcantara is a, a definite upgrade on Vinaldum. I'm a, like you. I'm a big fan of Vinaldum, but I think in in every kind of facet of a defensive midfield, um, Alcantara rules over Vinaldum. It's just whether Liverpool are going to to spend to bring him in, mm-hmm. I, I think I think it. Um, I'll say this: I would be very satisfied for for Vinaldum to stay. I think that he is one of the best players that is in this Liverpool squad. Um, mm-hmm. I I think that he um, he he brings some solidity that they they oftentimes lack. Um, yeah. But. Um, I do absolutely agree with your point as far as Alcantara being one of the best, most classiest midfield players, especially if you're looking for somebody defensively um, who can who can play as a deep lying playmaker, who can screen, who can. Um, he even puts in a little bit of the dirty work from time to time, though that's not what he's known for. Um, I think it comes down to Alcantara and whether or not it's his desire to actually play for Liverpool. Or if it is his desire to simply go somewhere because of a challenge. Yeah. Um, well, the, mm-hmm. the rumors are that he. I mean, we spoke about this again, and it's a a weird kind of a, a facet of 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 this season's football uh, that that actually annoys me. The fact that he's agreed terms for Liverpool before the transfer has been agreed. I just don't. I can't kind of wrap my brain around around that that mindset. But yeah. I, but the rumour is he's also agreed terms at Man United. So uh, there's definitely, he's definitely going to be moving, I think. It's just whether uh, the Liverpool board are going to to kind of uh, allow the funds for, mm-hmm. for him to, to go. I, I think he would make a great addition to the Liverpool squad. If they don't get him, I think you've still got a very serviceable uh, uh, defensive midfield partnership with Fabinho and, and Wijnaldum. So he, he would be an improvement, but you wouldn't kind of, you're not desperately in, in need of him. I, I would agree. I would agree. Especially if Vinaldum chooses to extend, I would be perfectly happy with that. Um, <laughs> let's talk about, uh, let's talk about Arsenal and, and Fulham. Uh, Tony Khan's Fulham <laughs> has, has, has played <laughs> <No>. their, <laughs> they, they, they still, the Fulham fans are still salty about uh, about Tony Khan disappearing as soon as they, they secured promotion. He disappeared back to Florida. Oh, they were not happy. They really? Were very much. Not, no, yeah, they were. They were. They were. Uh, there was rumblings outside the stadium because obviously he had to get back for free AEW. Uh, but yeah, the the 
the talk online was that the Fulham fans were were very much not happy that they feel that they are kind of that second fiddle now to AEW. Hmm, that is a uh, that is quite interesting. I, <laughs> I um I I would be quite intrigued to see what happens with Fulham. Fulham did um they did at least come to the pitch. Uh, on on Saturday morning, um, my, Saturday morning my time, Saturday afternoon your time, of course. Um, but it seems as though they were no match for a very rampant Arsenal. No, and I think uh, we, when we were talking about Leeds maybe struggling, but proving that they can hang with the big boys, I think this proved that it's going to be a long, difficult season for Fulham. Uh, they. They struggled, really, really, really struggled. I think they only ended up with maybe two shots on target. Uh, Leno certainly had a very quiet day in the Arsenal goal, and and going forward, Arsenal just they just ran rampant. Mm-hmm. You're exactly right. They had two shots on target as opposed to Arsenal's six. Uh, Fulham conceded 45% possession uh, to uh, 55% possession from uh, uh, Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal made uh, almost uh, actually over 100 passes more than Fulham did um, mm-hmm. uh, with slightly better accuracy, it seems. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that... Um, the the difference makers are are, are this is that Liverpool, uh, not Liverpool Arsenal um, heavily invested in their squad. Um, they, they brought in some some good talent. Um, they brought in uh, Gabriel, who's actually scored on his debut, uh, which is fantastic. Yep. And then um, obviously you have a very very classy attack uh, with uh, Lacazette, with uh, Aubameyang, and with uh, William, uh, who uh, made also his debut yesterday. Mm-hmm. And he had a hand in all three goals for for Arsenal. He was, um, he definitely showed up that 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 link between the forwards and and the midfield. Arsenal's problem over the last uh, few seasons is, is that whilst they've got some tremendously talented players, they had no kind of structure. And I think mm-hmm. uh, with uh, with Emery uh, being being ditched for for Arteta, you can see that Arteta has has definitely sat under the learning tree of, of Pep, and he's he's give the he's give the Arsenal side a, a backbone, but he's also been very honest uh, and not kind of a blown smoke up the, up the fans. Um, that he, he wants them to be kind of he wants them to to kind of temper their expectations. He said that this is a this is a team that is in transition and that it's going to take a couple of uh, windows to to build a team that is going to be challenging for 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 honors and that's refreshing I think for for a, a manager to to be so honest that hmm. that um yeah I really like Arteta I kind of had a, an issue with with him going to to such a high profile job uh, just after being uh, basically an assistant under under Pep but he's really really turned my head around and he's kind of give Arsenal um a balance that they haven't had since the Wenger days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're going to be exciting to watch this season, I think. Yeah, I, I think that Arteta is a very, very classy manager. I mm-hmm. think that he he's he's proving a lot tactically. I think that he had the proper learning tree from, from Arsene Wenger. I think that he had a very proper learning tree from Pep Guardiola. Um, but most importantly, I think that he's also his own man. I think that he, yeah. he's, he's not... Um, he doesn't feel bound to the board 
uh, like like maybe Arsene Wenger did. He he is going to take what he has and he's going to make it work and he's going to stand up on his own. Um, this this three four three formation that Arsenal are running right now uh, looks very very tactically astute. Um, I'm a big fan of what they're doing with that formation, and it seems as though in the middle of the park uh, you're having almost a reinvention between um, Jaka and El Nene. Both at times seemed like they were gone from the club. Yeah, I would, and I think that I've got to give the praise here to to William uh, on this. I think him being that kind of a uh, the middleman between these two uh, has really revitalised how they played for Arsenal. Uh, a lot of the times, Xhaka was a very angry player, kind mm-hmm. of a. Uh, he he would have amazing games sometimes, and then other times he would be anonymous, and then other times he he would be incredibly violent and get sent off a lot. Uh, <laughs> Well, he had spats a... with the, he had spats with the supporters. He had spats yeah. with their own fans, and it was very ugly. Exactly, and with El Nene, I've I've never really thought he was kind of Arsenal quality. I mean, I've always known Arsenal to be a, a top four team, and I've never kind of looked at El Nene as as being as being that that good. He's always had like periods where he, he, he shines, but he, he's very anonymous for long periods in in, in a season. I think this match, uh, William kind of instilled a, a almost a backbone in those two, and they really played well together as a, as a, a three-man unit. It was a really fun to watch the the way that they were quick passing between each other when uh, William was gaining trouble. El Nenny was there to to back him up, and the same when uh, El Nenny lost the ball, William was there to 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 shore shore that up. So yeah, it was a really uh, really classy. Um, uh, performance by Arsenal. I I absolutely agree. Um, I, I'll ask one other thing of Arsenal, um, and then we'll move on. Um, with William being inserted into the squad and basically pulling all of the strings yesterday, mm-hmm. what place is there, if any, for Mesut Ozil? I don't. I, I don't think there's been a place at Arsenal for Mesut Ozil for the last couple of seasons. Um, the the only thing that's keeping him at that club is his immensely high wages. <laughs> uh, uh, Emery was trying to offload him. Uh, Arteta has, has attempted to offload him. I think as good of a player as as uh, Ozil is on 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 his day, he 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 will change again without a shadow of a doubt. But much like I've said with El Nene and and Jaka, all too often. He's anonymous. He's just a, a person on the pitch. He's, there's no uh, effort. There's no kind of passion. Um, so as I, I, I can see him not being at Arsenal that long, unless they can't find a buyer uh, because of his of his wages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it might be for the best. I don't think that there is a a place in Mikel Arteta's team or in his formation. Mm-hmm. Or strictly even his plans that that keep him there. Um, I think it would be best served if Arsenal can try and find some kind of way to get him out. Um, but mm-hmm. as you as you made a very astute point here, Mags, it's all about the money, and Mesut Ozil ain't going to go anywhere if he ain't going to get paid. So I think I think Arsenal's more pressing issue though is is pinning uh, Aubameyang down to a new contract because he was it was just. A glorious play to watch today. Him and Lacazette have always kind of worked well together. Uh, but yeah, um, Abamyang led that front line. He was dangerous all day long. 
Um, could have easily had a hat trick easily, mm-hmm. um, but the quick, the quicker that uh, Arteta can can get uh, an extension on his contract, the better. Well, and that's also very interesting too, because from everything that we've known about um, one Mister Pierre Emerick Obama Yang, um, he he is a lifelong Madrid fan. He promised. Mm-hmm. He, he's made promises countless times that he will go uh, to Real Madrid or Barcelona someday. Um, it's it's a matter of can you can you offer Obama Yang something that is his you know that, that that's going to be more important uh, than what that dream is, right? And I think that that's that's very important. Yeah, but he's, you've also got to uh, remember that the guy's thirty years old now. Yep. Uh, the 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 likelihood that that Barcelona or Real Madrid are going to come knocking is is closing day by day. Yeah. It's now it's um, now or never almost. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, now looking at, at the Real Madrid side, I don't think they have much of a need for for an Aubameyang. Um, unless they just want a Galactico signing, which mm-hmm. which uh, we know that Zidane is not a huge fan of. Uh, in terms of Barcelona, I don't think they have the the funds to be able to to prize um, Aubameyang away from Arsenal. So if if it was me, uh, I'd I'd see the the good work that Arteta's doing, the kind of a uh, the 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 repairing of a club who was very much. Uh, in transition, and mm-hmm. I'd be looking to to maybe secure a, a long term deal and, and and work with that system and, and be kind of the the talisman that Arteta's looking for. I agree, I absolutely agree. Um, let's move on then. Here we've got uh, we've got two other games to talk about. Mags, uh, mm-hmm. West Ham versus Newcastle. Um, <laughs> I have thoughts on this. Okay. Well, go right ahead, Mags, because I, I would like to hear these thoughts. <laughs> okay. Well, for me, the, these are two clubs that are at odds with the boards. There's this there's, there's, uh, severe issues uh, with the upper management. Obviously, we all know that about Mark Ashley trying to, to offload the club at any opportunity, very close to selling uh, to the Saudi Business Initiative, uh, mm-hmm. I think it, it was uh, until uh, the, uh, the 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 Premier League kind of like put the kibosh on that deal. And then at West Ham, you've got um, a board who who are passionate about the club, but I think with the with the last few years buying a new and building a new stadium, putting all the money into that. Um, and and the fact that they they've struggled every year that they've come up apart from the first one, um, yeah. The the fans aren't happy with the board. They're selling players who they they really should have been keeping hold of. Uh, you've got a uh, a lot of uh, dissent in the in the the, the squad at, at West Ham. Mark Noble come out onto social media saying he doesn't agree with the board's decision to sell uh, Grady Diangana. Um, yeah, there's a lot of. Um, a lot of issues with both boards, but what a striking difference there is on the pitch. Uh, West Ham obviously haven't spent; they've, they've got rid of some, some players. Uh, they spent a lot last season and the season before uh, with, on players who kind of haven't fitted in. Uh, and but this season, I, I, I don't think they've, they've brought in. 
pretty much anyone. Uh, I mm. think they, they they secured the the, the permanent signing of, of Sochek. Um, but Newcastle have, have really added to to issues that they they had in their squad. They've uh, they struggled with goal scoring. They've brought in Callum Wilson, great great player. They needed uh, uh, yep. another kind of uh, pathway in the attacking uh, midfield. They brought in Jeff Hendrick, who I'm still quite salty about his move there. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, what a debut those two guys had. I think Callum Wilson was absolutely on fire. Uh, West Ham had no answer for him. And and Jeff Hendrick, obviously the first person in uh, first time in his whole career that he's he's scored and assisted in the same game. Uh, so yeah. the future is looking really bright for Newcastle. They they looked uh, they look comfortable in attack. Callum Wilson has got pace for days. They absolutely ripped the the West Ham defence apart. And West Ham have they they didn't look like they had anything to answer. Uh, and when you think that they've got players like Philippe Anderson, who's arguably one of the 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 top midfielders in 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 the Premiership, and they spent on uh, Sebastian Haller last season, uh, who was doing amazing in Germany, and and has, has really struggled to kind of find form in 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 Britain. West Ham are kind of reminding me of um, of a, a Walmart version of Barcelona, where they're buying players that <laughs> they're buying players that don't ordinarily fit into the system that they're playing because they're they're, they're big names and I think the realisation is that that West Ham are still trying to compete in terms of signings with the likes of Arsenal, with the likes of Chelsea with the likes of uh, Liverpool when on the pitch they're competing with the likes of West Brom, they're competing with the likes of Norwich, They, they, they have this kind of delusion of grandeur that they are better than than they, they are on the pitch, and they they're not. They they're really really struggling. Uh, getting rid of your your best young players and bringing in people who are thirty plus is it's it's absolute lunacy, and you can see why the 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 players have got an issue with it. Well, absolutely, and, and let, let's let's run through the stats line here real quick because I think that this is very important. Uh, interestingly enough, both teams made fifteen shots, uh, only. Uh, three of which um, were on target for West Ham, only two of which were actually on target for Newcastle. Uh, so I guess um, they were both shooting for <laughs> for everything that they had. Uh, Newcastle just seemed to be, even though they were less accurate, they made those chances count, which is, I, I think, very, very important. Um, yeah. uh, West Ham actually had the lion's share of the possession, 59% to 41% from Newcastle. Uh, Newcastle... Um, uh, passed almost 150 passes less uh, than West Ham. Um, uh, they had uh, a, a probably a, a pretty clean game on both ends, considering <laughs> um, everything here. Yeah. West Ham uh, gave away 13 fouls to um, Newcastle's seven, and there was two yellow cards for each team. Um, I mean... Callum Wilson is a, a pretty brilliant player. He was he was very good, very useful for for Bournemouth, and then of, of course, um, as you had mentioned there, you said that you're you're awfully salty about uh, Jeff Hendrick. Um, but I mean, <laughs> is this just the start of something new for Newcastle, or 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 sh- what, I guess what should our expectations be for this Newcastle team? 
Um, I think the um, I mean, this is not going to be a team that challenges for honors. Let's get let's let's right. call a spade a spade. Right. But this, <laughs> but this can definitely be a team that doesn't end up in a relegation dogfight. This can definitely be a team that's uh, that's um, in in the in the thick of the middle of the of the the, the league, probably going towards the top end. Um, it, it's going to be a comfortable season, hopefully. If uh, if uh, if going off off this first match, and obviously first matches and and are not always indicative of what's going to happen throughout the full season. But there was mm-hmm. definitely uh, positives in this. I think uh, uh, Jeff Hendrick, I've, I always liked him. At, um, from when he signed for Burnley, anyway, the fact that he's he's gone to Newcastle for me, I thought was a bit of a step down, considering that Burnley had finished higher than Newcastle for for <laughs> so many seasons. Uh, but he, he he fitted in really well with the team. He him and Callum Wilson have, have already got like a a very good partnership going in um, in in terms of, of, of Jeff feeding the the ball to to Wilson and, and allowing Wilson to use that that amazing pace. The guy is just he's so lightning fast. Um, yeah, I think I've, there's a lot of positives for for Newcastle coming off the back of this performance. I agree, man. I agree. I think, as you said, I don't think they're going to be competing for honors, but I do think that this is something well worth paying attention to. I think they could surprise a lot of folks and be a real danger team uh, when Mm -hmm. firing on all cylinders. I think um, while I haven't been a fan of, of many of Steve Bruce's sides, uh, in uh, on, on previous occasions, I, I think that uh, they did play some pretty fascinating football yesterday. Um, Certainly did. Let, let's let's round things out here with Crystal Palace uh, against Southampton. Um, really kind of quiet uh, as far as this front here is concerned. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, Wilfred Zaha uh, pretty much closed the game out at the 13th minute with a pretty pretty awesome goal, I would say. Yeah, it was a, a real good goal, uh, and the, he had the ball in the in the net a second time, I think, but he, he ended up being ruled offside. Yeah, um, that that brought uh, another issue that I've got with with this season. Uh, the the linesmen have been told to keep the flags down until the ball. It goes out of play, whether that means it's uh, uh, goes off a, a goal kick or whether it goes in the back of the net. I don't like that. I think it's very yep. sensationalist. It seems yep. like they they wanting to for people to score to only just like pull it back to to almost like add fake excitement to a, a match. Um, yes. But yeah, the 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 game was uh, very. Like I said, it was quiet. It, it was the damp squib of, of this uh, of this <laughs> opening day, and and that's not a shot at this match because it was still there was still some entertaining uh, parts in it. I thought that uh, the cross from Townsend uh, for for um, Zahar's goal was was beautiful. Yes, uh, I thought that um, that the the keeper for for uh, West Ham had a had a tremendous game. He really kept uh, he kept. Um, he kept uh, Palace in in the game at the end uh, with the the, sh- the I think it was from Redmond maybe the 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 rocket shot yes. uh, which he cleared and then the the last minute pushing pushing a a shot um, uh, wide yeah I think the keeper had a, a great game it was just it was it was Palace's day and uh, unfortunately the Saints have, have have struggled especially coming from a team that. 
that did so well in the in the the final run of of last season. I think Ings got maybe twenty two goals, uh, but he was just unable to put put the ball in the net today. And it was a yeah, it was a a good a good day for 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 Crystal Palace. I think that was uh, Zaha's fiftieth goal in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, so congratulations to him. But a, a good result for 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 Crystal Palace. Uh, yeah, man, I, and and that's what I'm kind of uh, of curious about here too, because you you did bring up uh, Danny Ings. Um, obviously, he he played the danger man last year uh, for for Southampton, and and at points made them uh, you know almost unplayable, right? Like they they, they were a very very difficult team to play against. Um, with that being said, what does Southampton need to do to get back on track? Because it seems as though they were very out of sorts yesterday. Yeah, um, I don't think that there's there's a lot of need for improvement. Well, um, I think they were just they just didn't seem as as fresh as as Palace. They weren't uh, the the quickest to the ball. I mean, there was a point where Carl Walker Peters uh, he ended up getting red carded uh, because mm-hmm. he was just he was just. Uh, just late to the ball, uh, that ended up being um, being downgraded, I think, to a yellow card when they used the the pitch side monitor. Uh, but I think it was just they need kind of uh, an urgency. They, they they just were being beat to the ball uh, time and time again. Uh, and I think sometimes when you uh, you kind of get in a rut where if you're losing the ball, losing uh, in challenges and, and not getting to the ball, uh, you, you kind of almost give up, and it, it, that's what it felt like with, with Southampton. And then you put on top of the the amazing performance of uh, of Guaita in, in the in the goal, and it's almost like yeah, you just don't know where a goal is coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just felt like that for me for Southampton. Maybe they need. Um, Another player uh, to to kind of uh, come alongside Ings and 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 kind of like take a bit of that pressure of, of putting the ball in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it can be hard work being the the only man when when you kind of second strike as someone like Shane Long. I mean, as as I've got a lot of love for Shane Long, but he's not going to get you twenty goals a season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think maybe they they need someone like that. Um, but yeah, there's there's. Definitely room for improvement, but I don't think it was it was it was all bad news for for Southampton. Um, so I'll I'll give you the stats rundown here. Uh, Crystal Palace five shots on target to Southampton's nine. Um, uh, three shots on target for for Crystal Palace. Uh, five shots on target for for Southampton. Um, so uh, as far as their their accuracy is concerned. Uh, Pretty even. It just seems as though uh, Crystal Palace was far more clinical. It seems, um, yeah. and cr- especially when you look at the possession, uh, Southampton had seventy-one percent of the ball. That's which, exactly, which, which goes to show that they didn't have a killer instinct. Yes, That's, that was the issue. The fact that they couldn't get the the ball to the 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 feet or the head of the of the attackers. Um, and for for Palace to put the ball in the in the net twice off twenty nine percent possession, and to to get half the amount of shots in uh, a third of the amount of possession to to be almost level on shots on target and to actually have more corners is it's just goes to show that Southampton just didn't have any urgency today. Yes, 
Yeah, no, uh, that's that's one hundred percent. And and I was I was gonna also uh, to to raise that point here too in regards to in relation to possession. Uh, Southampton five hundred and eighty passes uh, to Crystal Palace's two hundred and thirty six. So more mm-hmm. than double uh, the 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 number of passes uh, from the Southampton team, and, and even the pass accuracy seventy eight percent possession of pass accuracy or seventy eight percent. Um, pass accuracy for Southampton versus 51% uh, to Crystal Palace. So they brought everything, it seems, except for the goals today or yesterday. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. Uh, uh, which, which, I mean, again, like I said, it, it, you can look at that as a positive, the fact that they've controlled a team yeah. at their home ground by so much that if you added that that extra, that second striker uh, of, along the quality of, of Ings, then maybe this game would have been a totally different story. Absolutely. I, I think you're absolutely right here, Mags. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see uh, what's to come of these two teams as we go throughout the season. Um, now, just a little preview for um, our midweek episode here on Shooting the Sports-ish Network and uh, also yes. um, uh, through uh, Radio Techers as well. Um, you will also be getting, uh, we'll also be giving you coverage for uh, West Brom versus Leicester, uh, um, which uh, uh, that actually took place uh, as of time of recording here today, as well as uh, Tottenham and Everton. Uh, we've also got Sheffield United and Wolves on Monday at 12 p.m. Um, uh, Central Standard Time uh, and uh, Brighton versus Chelsea at 2.15 p.m. Central Standard Time. Um, so you can definitely uh, check out those games as well. I can tell you already, I'm watching the Tottenham Everton game, and it is tactically very, very interesting. Uh, Carlo Ancelotti and Jose Mourinho, uh, two very brilliant managers, two very brilliant minds of the game. Um, very much defensive ruffians, <laughs> if you will, Mags. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but the the signings that, that Everton have made are, are tactically brilliant. The, yes. the fact that they got uh, James Rodriguez is outstanding. Uh, Decor really adds a, a a class to to the midfield. Yeah, they've 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 picked up some astute signings, and I think uh, I think uh, Calvert Lewin will be getting a lot more service up front now. Uh, so maybe he'll be become a twenty goal uh, a season strike now. Perhaps so, man. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, <laughs> but I definitely recommend Mags after you, after, whenever you've got some free time, because I know you're a very, very busy man. Um, but yeah, you should definitely check out this Tottenham Everton game because it is very fun. Um, <laughs> um, Mags, I, I guess we'll we'll close out this week's episode here with uh, perhaps Player of the Week and Goal of the Week. Um, yes, let's uh, do it. So, well. That that was the kind of format that we were going for when we were still a, a one week one show a week uh, po- uh, podcast. But now we're on <laughs> we're on that AEW money. We've got to come up with it. Uh, Radio Techers Dark. So I think we're going to be uh, I think we're going to be changing up to maybe uh, weekend player and midweek player. Um, yes, and then obviously goal of the show or top bins as we like to call them in Britain. Yes, yes, goal of the show, all, aka top bins. Um, Mags, um, I know what I've got picked out for both. Um, You're going for Salah. I understand. <laughs> I I'm actually going for Salah it. for both. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 nobody scored a hat trick this weekend except for Mo Salah so far. So far. Mm-hmm. 
I will say so, so far. Um, but he will most likely end up being the only player to score a hat trick uh, this weekend. And I mean, based on that, uh, I mean, he, who else do you pick uh, for 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 player of the weekend? Um, I got to go with my boy Mo Salah. Um, he's he's turning some heads. I think it's the new haircut, Mags. I think it's the new hairdo. I know. He th- looked weird with uh with his hair like trimmed. It normally looks like he's a little bit homeless. Well, <laughs> I like I like the 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 homeless Mo Salah look. Um, I like the fro. I think it's very fitting. Um, but not only that, Mags. Um, I think Mo Salah has been talking to LeBron James or getting some workout advice from 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 LeBron. He looks like a much more imposing figure uh, since he's, oh, he's very very small. He, yeah, he's looking very buff nowadays. He's uh, been on that. He's been on that that Tanner uh, protein gains diet. Yeah, the the, the, the Jack Gentleman gains. Yes, indeed. Yes. Um, but um, I, I'll also make mention of Top Ben's t- uh, Gold Week. Uh, there's, there's some really good ones. I almost went with uh, with uh, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang's goal uh, that he scored against Fulham. That one was very spicy. Um, but I am going to go with Mosala's just brilliant laser that he put right over the top. It was such a difficult angle, very beautifully floated into the net. Um, and if it weren't for that goal, um, you know, we'd be talking about a a draw here between Leeds and Liverpool. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm going with Mosala for both here, Mags. The great picks and. Uh, ordinarily, I would I would have agreed with you, but just for the sake of being uh, being different, and for the sake <laughs> of just kind of pissing on your Liverpool parade. Um, for I'm my, not biased at all, top, Mags. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> for my top bins, I'm I'm going to go with uh, the 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 first goal against Liverpool um, from uh, Harrison. Uh, the, I think the long ball from uh, Robin Cock. Uh, was 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 overhit a little bit. Did you do a little giggle there? <laughs> the you, you child, you absolute child. Uh, yeah, I think the ball from Robin Cock was uh, a little bit overhit. Um, I think Harrison did really well, almost kind of a Burkamp style control where he he, uh, yes. he he flicked it onto his chest, knocked it past uh, Trent was able to to leave Gomez and, and uh, Van Dijk standing uh, and, mm-hmm. and curl, curl is showing to the corner. Yeah, it was an absolutely beautiful goal and a real statement of what Leeds are going to bring this season. Um, yep. I think it was very, very classy. Uh, for my uh, player of the show, for I'm going to have to go with uh, Vincente Guglietta. Um I thought mm. that he he played really really well uh, in the in in the in the goals for for Palace. I think if if it wasn't for him, we would have been seeing um, Southampton take all three points. He was very very classy. He he even saving shots from his own team. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought I, I thought that he he did really really well. Uh, so yeah, I think my player of of the show is going to be uh, Vincente Guglietta. I think those are very, very brilliant picks, Mags. I think that those are very good picks. Um, oh, no, ordinarily I would have gone for Salah for both. 
Oh, well, stop it, you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I think that you, you, you uh, obviously, the, the, the goals that, that Leeds scored were outstanding. Um, that, that, that cannot be doubted at all. And I think you picked a brilliant goal, uh, for top bins. Um, and then, um, yeah, uh, Crystal Palace goalkeeper, man. He's, he's something else. He is something else. Um, very, very astute, um, uh, acquisition for, for Crystal Palace. And I'm glad that they have him in goal. Um, that being said, Mags, is there anything else that you want to talk about or, or, or should we tell the people goodbye? Yeah, go on, piss off. Go on, get out. <laughs> no, it's been it's been uh, it's been great fun. I hope you're uh, enjoying coming on this uh, this uh, Premier League journey with with two people who don't ordinarily record content about football. So it's uh, we're definitely on a, a learning curve. The it, this show's probably going to to change in kind of format over the over the time. It's a very new uh, show. We. We we kind of finding this thing. I think we've done really well in the, in the episodes that that we've we've uh, produced so far, and it's going to be a fun season. So definitely stick around. Definitely listen to us and give us feedback. Tell us what you thought of uh, of, of the games. Tell us what uh, who would have been your player of, of, of the show and who would have who would who scored your top bins. Uh, we love that kind of uh, interaction from our listeners, and and uh, we we love to see you all get involved. So yeah, definitely. Uh, contact us on Twitter. Reply in the in in the comments below. Yeah, just hit us up. Uh, give us your feedback. Absolutely. What, what did we get right? What did we get wrong? We want to hear from you, the people. Right. We're, Mags and I are men of the people. Um, so so we want to we, we want to know what you think. <laughs> Absolutely. Sir, Sir Mags and the Texas gentlemen are definitely <laughs> men of the people. <laughs> um. With that being said, Mags, uh, where can the people find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at DJ Kirby. Normally, I'm talking about wrestling, but I've diversified my portfolio now, and I speak about MMA and now football. So, yeah, come and uh, check me out. Check my content out. Uh, follow Radio Techers on on Twitter. Uh, follow. Uh, shooting the sport ish we're so excited to be involved in this in this group it's it's just been so fun being involved uh yeah come and uh, check us out absolutely absolutely um yeah like mag said follow us on twitter uh you know uh, at radio techers uh r-a-d-i-o-t-e-k-k-e-r-s uh that's where you can find all of our content um we're also on visionaries global media network which was a lot of fun you talked about uh the inception of radio techers uh on a, on a recent episode there uh so that mm-hmm. that was pretty brilliant um you can you can also like like mag said uh shooting the sports ish where if you're watching this on youtube right now uh hello whoever you are wherever you are hit hit the subscribe and the notification bell yes as well as that thumbs up button that would be quite brilliant um so uh yeah i mean we're we're here we're part of a great collective here at at the shooting the sports ish network uh we're gonna get nba coverage you're getting uh sports betting coverage uh you're getting um uh, football uh nfl rather nfl coverage NFL. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I hope that you like all of it. Um, but uh, but yes, if you loved Radio Techers, please give us a, a like and a subscribe today so that way you can get in touch with all of our sporting content as well as everybody else here on the network. That'd be quite brilliant. Um, uh, 
for, for myself, you can find me on Twitter at TexasGentleman underscore. I do shows like Headlock Talk, uh, which is uh, myself and uh, Mr. Stephen Grudy, uh, who reprised his role once again on this week's episode of Headlock Talk. He's feeling much better. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's just been a lot of fun here, Mags. I, I, I really enjoy what we get to do here on Sundays, recording with one another, talking some football. It's brilliant stuff. Yeah, and and the the good thing is we don't take ourselves too seriously about it. Uh, it's it's not going to be kind of a, a run of the mill uh, reading down exactly what happened through a match. It's it's our, our what we saw in a match, what kind of we took away from from the game, and it's it's going to be kind of like chatting to your your friends about it, uh, and that's the kind of vibe that we want to we yes. want to put across. Yeah, I mean, we want you to feel comfortable. We want you to be able to wear your your pajama pants and your Hawaiian t-shirts while listening to us. You know, laid back, comfortable, easy listening. <laughs> um, but yeah, Mags, uh, like I said, brilliant talking to you as always. I'm so happy that we had a chance to, to discuss the games. And I'm looking forward to another episode on Wednesday where we get to talk about more fun stuff. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an exciting time. So get on the ground floor with uh, Radio Techers. Um, mm-hmm. Follow us on this journey through this season and into the next season and into the next decade. Get on board now whilst you still can before we're too big. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, hit that subscribe button if you're listening to the podcast form. Uh, hit subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this show, really, quite frankly. And if you can give us a rating and a um, a, a review, uh, that would be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much. Uh, I am, once again, the Texas Gentleman, Tanner Pruitt. Uh, here with me, again, as always, Sir Mags. Mags, say, say goodnight to the nice people. Good night to the nice people. <laughs> Good night, everybody.